0: Hello Bold Goal Crushers! I'm super excited about this episode today. I think you're actually going to really get a kick out of this. I heard this on someone else's episode, so I decided to do it here. You all have listened to me for over 200 episodes and I've had the opportunity to interview some amazing guests, but I realized that many of you probably didn't go back to the original intro and learn more about me and my show and why I'm here. And I'm not encouraging you to go back and listen to that because that was like take one or two before I knew what I was doing. So I decided that it was a great time to reintroduce myself and who better to have on the show than you all loved her and her husband, Corey. So they came on the show and they were like the top episode. And so I want to have my friend, Rosemary Lewis, come on and interview me. So we're going to flip the script today. I'm going to turn over the reins to Rosemary. I'm a little nervous about this. I'm going to turn over the reins and let her ask the questions. But if you haven't listened to her episode with her husband, Corey, it's one of the best episodes that we've done this year. And then she's also participating in the New Year Party, talking about her year-end process. And she runs a program called Real Estate Business Bestie, which if you're interested in that, I'll drop that in the show link. All right. I'm turning it over to you. I am taking the hot seat today and flipping the script. Yay. Welcome to the show, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. You know what? I am
1: so happy that all of our listeners are going to get a little bit better understanding of you and who you are. So... I have a quick question. If you were to describe Sarah in a color word, what color would it be and why?
0: That's an interesting question. All right. I love how you kick it off right off from the top. I would probably use the color red. Not only is that my favorite color, it's also the color of my hair, depending on the year. And... (laughs) It's fiery, It's it also says caution a little bit, but it's. I think it's a bold color. If I had to pick a secondary color, I'd pick orange.
1: Okay, I love it, I love it. And you know what, I think that it fits you very well. And I think this is a great transition into exactly what do you do? I know that our friends are listening to the podcast because they have some big goals they wanna go after. But for your clients that you go a little bit deeper with, What does that look like and how do you come alongside them?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Many people have these big, bold goals that they never go after. And our listeners have or my listeners have truly decided to step into that. And so I do work with people, clients and businesses one on one. So mostly nonprofit leaders or sole entrepreneurs looking to create digital type products like courses, memberships, that type of thing. And I would say the one thing that they will get from me is pretty much a straight story. So if they ask me for advice, I'm going to give them, I I don't really sugarcoat things, but I'm going to give them the honest truth. But I'm also going to help them discover the path to move forward. And one one of my friends now, but she started as a client, she used to say, you have this skill of figuring out the seemingly impossible. And I do think I can do that, but I pull from a lot of different industries. For example, I was in the horse industry and many of my entrepreneurs, I'm like, hey, when I used to train horses, we would do this. And they're like, where did that even come from? Right. But it applies. And so I'm really good at pulling nuggets out from places that are seemingly random, but not.
1: No, I love that. And in the spirit of that, for yourself. Like, what is a bold goal that you set out in 2023? And more than whether or not you accomplished it, I'm just interested if you learned anything about your own process.
0: Mm, That's great. I'll take a step back on that question first, because many people don't know what a bold goal is. They're like, oh, I want to have my house clean. And that's a goal for them in the year. And that may be a big, bold goal, depending on how your house looks. But Unfortunately, I don't define that as a bold goal because bold goals should really be things that take a long time to accomplish. They may be something you can't do in an afternoon. They're those things that at the end of your life, you're going to say, I really regret not doing that or I'm so glad I spent 15 years building this. And I do set goals every year and I set timelines of when I want to accomplish them But truly, my bold goals can't be accomplished in a year. So in 2024, I made a lot of pro or 2023, I made a lot of progress towards my big, bold goals. And one of my big goals is to create a vibrant, almost an enterprise. I didn't call it that, but pretty much now that I say that out loud, it's pretty much an enterprise. A team of people who are able to support entrepreneurs and nonprofit leaders so that they can really focus on what they're good at and my team can help them get done all the stuff that's stopping them from achieving those goals. I made a lot of progress on that last year. I launched a new kind of brand, if you will, a subset of my coaching and consulting clients where we are focusing on their nonprofit work and the impact they want to make in their nonprofit so they can truly step into that leadership and we can help them with the strategies to actually get that done.
1: Now, I love your answer to that question because I do feel like with you, like we have to have a vision, right? That's your bold goal. Your bold goal, would I hear you, it sounds like it's that really the overall vision that you want to accomplish over time. And then year by year, we have to identify some of those tactics. So when you're working with
0: clients, where do you see them getting most tripped up? Honestly, the day-to-day, the not putting in their calendar time to actually work on their goals. Because the things that are really bold and big that we want to accomplish they're they're usually difficult you don't know how to get there you're missing some resources like money you might not even be living in the right state to do whatever you want to do but Mm -hmm. talk to if you want to move to Texas talk to Rosemary (laughs) she'll help you out she'll help you out there but often what happens is I don't want to say life gets in the way because it doesn't we let it get in the way yeah so We know there's this really difficult thing we need to figure out for our goals. We know we really want it. But, oh, the laundry dinger just went off. Or, oh, the dishwasher has a bunch of clean dishes. And so many times people will put those things first. And then it's really difficult. Actually, the day we're recording this is the day before Quitter's Day. So
1: the second
0: Friday of every month of every January is Quitter's Day. And so what will happen is once they get off the the wagon, if you will, where they're not making progress towards their goals, life got in the way, kids had soccer, whatever happened, it's really difficult to get back on track. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to have busy seasons, but that's what I see most people struggle with is when they really are striving for these big things, how to incorporate that into their daily life so they are making progress.
1: Yeah. So when life starts life and... How are you still going off of that after that thing that you really want in your life?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, that makes so, so much sense to me. Out of curiosity, how does one get into this work where you are helping everyone from your everyday person, which all of us are, right? CEOs and nonprofits. How did you get into this space where you were helping uh, literally part, one part, a person go from one level to the next?
0: It it really, that's an interesting question. And I don't think I've ever shared this on this show. I've shared it on other people's podcasts and people are always really fascinated. It started by this, uh, I had a boss who was really kind of flip and he was like, hey, go figure out what the top performers are doing and put together a training for the people who are struggling and yeah, have a good day. That was the assignment. So it's like really vague. And me being me, I was like, I'm going to go sit and watch the top performers work. And so I did that. And I was flabbergasted because I couldn't believe that these were like the top people in our company crushing goals, maxing out bonus. They were the least, I'm not kidding. They were the least productive people on the planet. They were the ones burning popcorn in the break room, throwing Nerf balls around. I could not figure it out. And so I had a data analyst and I was like, I want a full workup on these guys. And they happened to be all men. Uh, Out of 250, the top 10% was all men. And what I learned is they actually were not the top performers. When I aggregated how many hours they were working, they were actually the top workers. They were at work more time than anybody else. And when I aggregated that data, they were bottom to middle. Oh, wow. And they were working on Christmas, Thanksgiving. And I'll never forget this data analyst. He was like real tall, looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. And he came flying in my office like he discovered the treasure. He's, You'll never believe this. They're just out working everybody. They're working 60 to 80 hours a week. And I think if you're listening to this, you could probably picture some of these salespeople in your head. Like the people who are always at work, always on their phone. And... The reality is they had no life, and so this is why we had high turnover, and I could go and talk about that for hours. But I went and sat with the people who were actually only working 40 hours and watched them work, and some of the really cool things that I learned were they came into work every day. They had a big goal that they wanted to achieve, maybe not that day, maybe not that month, maybe not that year. They had this big goal they wanted to achieve every day. They set little goals. They focus on the things that were revenue producing. I know you, you probably talk about that with some of your agents. Like they didn't get caught up in the minutia. Honestly, they were rarely in email and Mm -hmm. they picked up the phone when there was drama. Instead of responding to the email, you'd be like, hey, they were very relational and so to shorten this story a little, but I created the training that I was told to create. And then people started asking me to do trainings for their husband's wife's company. They're like, my yeah. wife left her job to pick up the kids. And now I'm paying somebody to pick up the kids because she built a company that doesn't allow her to pick up the kids. Yeah. So yes. I started doing that. That's how I got into it. And it, it was just by chance. And it, it now has become probably the topic I talk about the most.
1: I know that that is fascinating for me. So when you think about the work that you get to do, what are just some like habits? Do you find yourself saying the same things to people, hey, work on these two or three couple things anytime you are working towards a goal, where would somebody start if you were giving them advice?
0: The first place is to really take stock in what your goals are. January just rolled around and People have this clock and they're like, Oh, gotta set goals. It's January. Oh, somebody already posted there. I'm late. It's January 10th and I haven't set my goals. And so often the goals that are set are not truly what you want. So that's the, always the place I start of why are these your goals? And I dig deeper and deeper. And sometimes how can we make them bigger? And sometimes how can we make these more manageable or and stuff like that so that that's where I start and then I go look at their calendar and it sounds so simple but calendar and to-do list many times they have these goals I'm like I don't see a single to-do on this list
1: exactly that
0: has anything to do with that and I definitely don't see a calendar appointment so that's really where I would start if we were working on goal work yeah
1: no, I definitely love that. I've had someone say to me before, you have to make sure your daily activities match the goal. And if not, you got to switch one up, right? Yeah. So you have to be either willing to switch your daily activities or you have to be willing to adjust the goal.
0: Yeah. And then what resources, I'd also add, what resources are you putting towards that? Because if your goal truly is not easy, do you have a coach? Do you have a mastermind group that you're in that's helping you to get to that goal to break down the things you don't have skill set resources maybe even time so that you're are you hiring somebody to work on that goal because you don't have time and if you're not putting any resources towards it including money and time yeah is this something you really do want exactly got to put your money where your mouth is Yeah.
1: yeah no so our listeners We know you professionally now from what you just shared with us and from the podcast, but let's talk about you personally. How do you balance the work that you do in terms of helping all of your clients get to their goals with just your personal life? Are you always on? Are you that friend that makes everyone be on time and we have all these boxes to check? Or are you a little bit more laid back? Tell me how you balance your business version of you and your personal version of you.
0: That's a great question. I do work with a lot of clients too, and my friends and clients will say, Oh, you're always on Facebook or you're always posting or whatever. And I laugh because I'm like rarely on Facebook. It appears that I'm on Facebook or anything like that because I've built these systems into my work. And Even in my personal life, I've built systems so that I don't have to be available or on all the time. Yeah. And I think that's really important. There there are, we could go into a bajillion tactics to, to be able to streamline your life, but also your business. And- I do that. I'm very regimented from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because I want to goof off Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. (laughs) And so if you come to me on a Monday, I'm working something, some list. I got something going on. And I'm not really in email as often as people may think because I have a system. I have times that I work on email. And so I do that so that I can have more freedom. So. I, and I think people think, oh, if you're so scheduled, then you have no freedom, and it's actually the opposite.
1: Yep, I agree with that. I agree. It's like when you go on a when you implement a budget, you find money that you didn't know you had because you had money going to subscriptions, and you're still subscribed to this Spotify when you moved on to Apple Music and things like that. In the same way with your time, when you actually schedule it out you find time to do other things that you really enjoy doing and that you want to do
0: yeah yeah and I'm a big proponent too this is also a life hack I stopped setting hour-long meetings Mm -hmm. because when you set an hour-long meeting the meeting's going to take an hour minimum yep and I just started setting 45 minutes and half hour meetings and the reality is most of the business could be done in that amount of time
1: no I love that
0: So, on your Thursday through Saturday,
1: what are you doing so fine? What are you doing?
0: Oh, great question. I think most people know I'm obsessed with my COVID clinger dog, Parker. (laughs) So, Parker and I love there's a dog park when I'm in Chicago, there's a hundred acre dog park. We love to go there, it's off leash. And so, we go traipsing through the woods, sometimes the mud. And sometimes we're on TikTok Live and I actually almost have fallen like six times into a river. But yeah, that's a good time. Join us on TikTok for those. So I like to do that. And then I'm a big avid reader. So on my free time, I, I'll read more novels and stuff like that. And then I also read a lot of self-help and business books.
1: Oh, what's your favorite novel you read in the last year?
0: Uh, so I'm currently on the... JK Rowling, where she wrote under a pen name Robert Galbraith, the okay. Comer and Strike series. So I'm currently on that right now. Okay, so do you like to hold the books in your hand or are you an audiobook person? All of the above. I'm not a Kindle person, I'll say that. I do have Kindle. I don't love it, but I do when I'm working, if I'm working, I might turn on like a romance type novel or something like that. Something I don't really have to pay attention to the book. I'll do on Audible for my book club. Everything's hard book highlight. I'm like the worst. Like you never want a book after me because I've destroyed it. I put post-it notes all over it and everything.
1: Yeah. I had a friend recently. I was at a place and I had a book I was giving him. It was actually the big leap was the book I was reading. It was in my hand. And he said, let me look at it. Let me see. Let me thumb through it. And he saw all of my markings and my dog ears. He said, oh, I'm never going to lend you a book. I said, I didn't ask you for it. You actually, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm with you. Are you a journaler?
0: Oh, yeah. I journal every day. And then I have this really cool book. Actually, I have it right here. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. It's called one one line a day, a five year history. Hmm. And what's really cool is it has a date, and then you put the year 2022, and you write one line, and then that same day for five years, you're going to write one line.
1: Oh, that is cool. I do something similar, but it's not in a book. I learned it from a, I learned it from a book. Shocker. But in this, I do what's called story of the day. So I keep a Google sheet. So I have a tab and every day my alarm goes off at 9 p.m. when it's time for me to go to bed and I write one sentence, just one thing from the day. So something similar and I love it. Do you love that journal where you just see the progression of how your days have progressed over the years?
0: Yeah. And it's really interesting because if you can't tell, I'm a little nasally, I'm a little sick. A year ago yesterday, I was also sick. <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but about this time.
1: Yeah. So
0: there's a lot of things too that like I've seen, like obviously holidays like Fourth of July. Oh, I was doing this on Fourth of July. But there's a lot of wins in some of the days that are insignificant, like not a holiday or anything like that. So it's a really cool way to track it. Well, and I love your one story a day.
1: Yeah, I, I started doing it March 20th. And I was just telling somebody the very first day that I started, I read this book. I'm like, I'm going to start it on this day. Unfortunately, one of my friends, her husband passed away unexpectedly.
0: Hmm, and I was,
1: oh, yes. And I was at her house to, to see her because it was very unexpected. And her little boy walked up to her while I was sitting there. And he said, Mom, I know there are going to be a lot of bumps ahead in the road, but we're going to flatten them out together. And it was my first story of the day. I was like, I wonder. And and it's amazing when you go looking and I know you understand when you go looking for things, you'll be surprised how rich every single day is. Yes.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. So speaking of that, let's take it back to childhood, Sarah. Tell us a little bit about when you were growing up, what is maybe your fondest memory with your family when you were growing up as a kid?
0: Honestly, my fondest memory is always around Thanksgiving. It sounds so str- well, maybe it doesn't sound strange, but I just love Thanksgiving. We used to have Thanksgiving at my my parents' home, and everyone would come from my dad's family and sometimes my mom's family, it just depended on the day. And We like, maybe you can relate, the cranberry sauce that is like jelly in the can, ocean spray with the lines. Yeah, yeah. Super sweet cranberry sauce. Yes, that's what we ate. And it was not cut. It was like we literally squeezed out of the can and just sitting on a dish. (laughs) That was how cranberry sauce. Actually, that is how cranberry sauce is designed to be. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I I love it. And so my fondest memory is when one of my cousins, some of my cousins are significantly older than me. He married into this family and his wife brought this bowl of cranberry sauce. And so that was the first signal that maybe we should have maybe done a little more vetting on this situation. And it was this huge bowl. I, I didn't understand. And of course, it had this little tupperware tupperware thing on it and then she took it off and she was so proud of this cranberry sauce oh a poor baby and it had full berries in it and sticks like sticks from the cranberry mm. and it was not super sweet cranberries are actually bitter it's, yeah, so they're very it's not yeah. it's, okay. wonderful and of course we're at this big long table of kids. We're at the kids table, but my cousin and his wife didn't fit at the big table. So technically still at the kids table. And there was a lot of what is that? And of course she went around and put it on everybody's plate. And he gave us the look like you better try it. And then nobody was eating it. (laughs) And then he finally was like, look, I love you, honey, but you're never bringing that ever again. Like I'm going to get so much crap. And so then he asked my mom, who was hosting Thanksgiving, "Do you have the ocean spray?" And she said, "No, because I don't even remember." It's he—they're not married anymore. But I don't even remember. When, we don't. She was bringing it, and we yeah. just were like, ruined "You ruined it." You ru-. Maybe that's why they're not married anymore. But
1: Look, now, let me tell you what's funny is when you said when she brought the big bowl of cranberry sauce, I thought to myself, "Oh, I bet that didn't work out."
0: It was like, I don't know what, what happened, but no. Yeah, so, but anyway, every year now around Thanksgiving, this picture comes up and there's like this thing of cranberry sauce in the can, just out of the can. And yeah.
1: So, uh, listen, our boldwell crushes, if you're dating somebody before you bring them to Thanksgiving, you need to have the conversation to see what's the cranberry sauce situation so that you're okay, because if you don't they don't want a whole meal. If you don't have the right cranberry sauce.
0: And the stuffing I heard also. I guess it's called dressing if it's not in the turkey.
1: Some people are stuffing. Some people are dressing. I'm a dressing fan.
0: And you need to have that conversation as well. Yeah, And it's okay. It's okay to have the bowl. But you also need to have the can. You need to have
1: apps. Yes. Yes. Exactly. You need to have those conversations. Talk about politics and how many kids you want to have later. But get the cranberry sauce out the way.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs)
1: I love it. So here is the thing. You have had this podcast over 200 episodes. What is your goal? What direction do you want for bold, goal crushers?
0: And where do you see it down the line? Mm, that's a great question. I love talking about goals, discussing goals, and really meeting with guests who have crushed their goals. And so I truly do hope that the podcast is an inspiration for everyone listening. But I hope it's not only that. I hope that it inspires you to then take the action and then to share your goals and to move from just being a maybe a passive listener to an active listener. I view it like working a book. Like you can read a book and say, oh, that was great. The seven habits of highly effective people. And if you never do any of it, it's not like osmosis. So it doesn't like, oh, now I'm an effective person. Read the book. So I hope that you actually take action on some of the strategies and so my goal is for the listeners to take action and then as you're working through your goals or building your business don't hesitate to reach out because I do have an entire team of people who are willing to help you when you're stuck like we don't talk about that a lot on the podcast but I'm a consultant and I'm here to help you achieve those goals and really design the life that you want and business that you want to have. So I hope you go down that journey going from just a passive listener to an active listener to truly stepping into your goals. No, I I love that. I may be putting you on the spot here, but if you had to name
1: three of your favorite episodes that you have done, you may have to go back and link them later so that the listeners can get to them. But just three that stand out to you, what would those
0: be? For guest episodes, your episode with your husband was amazing. Like, you guys just have such a great vibe. And I loved how you guys do have to listen to this episode. I'll link it anyway. But I love how Corey was just like, no, this is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so that I don't remember the topic, but I remember that we got a lot of really I do know we got a lot of listeners and a lot of feedback. But that episode was a great episode to really. The episode really came alive for a lot of people to think about how to work together. And I think you and Corey do a great job of balancing each other. And I do remember how he's a little more. He's a little more adventurous and will take more risks and you are not. And he was able to pull you along a little bit. But yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, The other one that I've actually done twice, which I. Love is if you're thinking about creating a digital business. I've interviewed Amy Porterfield twice, Mm -hmm. and both of those conversations were really eye opening. But I I think the biggest part of those combos were she was working for somebody else and had this big dream. And when she drove away, she was scared to death. Mm -hmm. And many times when you're trying to create something big or do something big, you have to let go of who you were in the past. And, and it can be really scary. Mm -hmm. So scary. It's so scary. And one of my mantras is do it
1: scared because I think that sometimes we wait for that scary feeling to go away. Yeah. What We really have to do is we have to hold on to some courage and do it even though we're scared, especially Mm -hmm. when you're being led in that direction.
0: Yeah. And then the book club episodes, those have been amazing. So we do, I do a book review once a month. Sometimes I'll have a guest on. It depends on the book. The 12-week year book club episode was last January, and I'll link that one in the chat. And that was a really good episode.
1: Yeah, I heard that one. That was a good
0: one. Yeah. Okay, Okay, before we go, just a couple
1: rapid-fire questions. Let's see what you have in common with listeners. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, and I want the fastest answer that you have.
0: Ready? Yep. Okay, peanut butter, creamy or crunchy? Oh, crunchy all the way. (laughs) All right, pizza or tacos? Pizza, I could live on. Let me, I have to add a caveat to that. It (laughs) cannot be this cardboard New York fold-in-half junk. Chicago-style pizza with butter crust. Thank you. So what's your favorite Chicago pizza place?
1: Side note question. Lou Malnati's. Okay, okay. I'm a Chicagoan as well. Yeah. and. Oh, I hope you don't put me off the podcast from being the host. But deep dish is not my favorite. Oh, we're gonna edit this out. (laughs) I like it. Don't get me wrong, I like it, but I feel like Chicago
0: thin crust is undefeated. Mm. It's like we're the, the Cubs and the. It's two things. Maybe you don't know this. Now I'm gonna tell you. I could do a whole pizza podcast. Uh, it's the butter crust. First of all, putting butter on the crust. But two, it's the Lake Michigan water. So they soak the dough in Lake Michigan in water, like Michigan yeah. water, because it's here. And when they've tried to go into other markets like Arizona, the pizza didn't taste right, and they figured out it was the water. So now they truck the water down to Arizona.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, that's not. Okay. I love luminati thin crust. I wonder if they soak the water on the thin crust too. Yep. I used to work there. That was my first job.
0: Oh speaking of Chicago Cubs or socks. Oh, White Sox all the way. Don't even talk to me about those other people. (laughs) Okay, okay. What about can I think of not Target or Walmart? I this is controversial. I will go Wal I will I actually wouldn't go to either of those places, but I would go to Walmart over Target. Target is a uh, wallet suck. It, it is. I agree with you there, sister. It is definitely a
1: wildest. Especially not that you put Starbucks in there. Oh. It, it can be a whole. It, it can deter you from your goals, both precious. Yes. So watch out those target trips. Okay. And then here is the last one. Are you a night owl or early riser?
0: Oh, night owl all the way. Actually, my best working times are like 7 to 9 p.m. And I actually had a boss tell me once, I realized a long time ago, if I gave you something to work on at 4 p.m., I'd get a better product than I, if I gave it to you at 9 or 10. Yep, that's correct. That's, so do you have
1: a morning routine? Since you, so since you are more of a night owl, does that mean that you tend to wake up a little later or is that just you like to work
0: later? Yeah, I wake up later. So I typically go to bed at midnight. Okay. Maybe a little later than that. And I don't like to get up before nine. Okay. And I will not take a meeting before 10. Okay.
1: You are very similar to my husband in that respect where I'm the
0: opposite. Oh, I I feel for you. That's got to be rough.
1: Yeah, it is. Yes. The the difference for us. Yeah, that is rough. But I am the opposite. Sarah, this? was wonderful for me. I think it was wonderful for the Bold goal Crushers just to learn a little bit more about you. And I'm pretty sure they know, but let's just remind them, for that person who wants to go from the passive listener to the active listener to now raising their hand to say, you know what, I would love for your team to come beside me to help me actually get towards these big, hairy, audacious goals. How can they get in contact with you?
0: Oh, that's a great question. So I do have on my website and I'll post a link in the chat as well for a free or show notes, not chat, not on a live session. I feel like I'm in your living room, but anyway, I do have a link for a free consult and you can always find me, of course, on my free Facebook group as well. The Bold Goal Crushers. Just feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect and see how we might help you.
1: Awesome. It was my pleasure. Thank you for letting me sit in the interview seat to interview you. And hey, Bobo Crushers, we will check out on the next
0: episode. Thank you so much for the interview today. I couldn't think of anybody more that I trusted with this, this episode. And so I really appreciate our friendship. We, For you guys listening, we actually met in a program called Digital Course Academy. Yep, and it, at nighttime, I we were in accountability group, and I ended up helping her with her first launch, and so we've been friends ever since, and hang out on Boxer, and we actually are going to meet in real life at the end of the month, which I'm excited yeah. about that too.
1: Yep, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I maybe I need to find you some Lake Michigan soaked pizza.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring my water. I don't know. That's awkward. <laughs> All right, Bold Goal Crushers, it's time to crush your goals and everything that gets in the way so you don't have to work double time. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.